Yay, Bewitched on Radio 3 and Rollercoaster. Good morning. Welcome to Thursday. It's just after 10 minutes past 10 right now. And in just a second, we say hi to Steve Vines. But first up, if you can join us on Facebook Live, particularly if you'd like to join in and suggest a topic or two. But in the meantime, hello, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, or ish, you know. We have to say ish now. Indeed you do. What's occurring? What's not occurring? Well, (laughs) um... You, you know this famous quote of Einstein, which, of course, he didn't actually say, but, hey, never let the facts get in the way of a good story, you know, about the definition of insanity is doing the same doing thing the same. over and over again yeah. and expecting different results. Apparently, he didn't say it. Something but the fact is, it clearly is a sensible thing to say. If you keep doing the same thing and expecting that it will produce different results, you're clearly nutty. If you tell a musician that, they'll say, oh, I was only practising, but I'm with you. I was on only practising. Or if you're the Hong Kong government, you will say, we launched, and they're now daily, these guerrilla raids on, on some of the most uh, poorest areas in Hong Kong to lock them down overnight, literally wow. arrest because they detained the citizens, test them for the virus, and the fact that it's producing nothing, nada, Meanwhile, in mid-levels, Steve. (laughs) And Carrie Lam says, I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. She then says, oh, the fact that we're not discovering any infections doesn't mean that this has not been a great success. Wait a minute, let me just run that past you again. If the object is to unearth cases of the virus and you unearth none, How is that a success? I'm sorry, I'm too dim. I can't work it out. And why are these places chosen in the first place? Because there might be one person, so there is evidence of it, however teeny it might be. Indeed. Do you know what? There's evidence all over Hong Kong that the virus hasn't been eliminated. But, of course, all over Hong Kong includes areas where people, the CNO, the chief executive in name only, may actually know... They won't be her friends because she doesn't have any. But, you know, there'll be upper-class areas where there's the virus, but you can't lock those down. <laughs> After six, before six o'clock or whatever. <laughs> before six o'clock or, you know, during dinner, not during dinner service, <laughs> because, you know, that affects people who, who, who we know and might be influential and might complain to the bosses up north. So what you do is you go around to the lower-class areas and instead of doing what they should be doing, which is a vital, urgent and undone operation, which is helping with um, the sewage problems in those areas, helping with Mm. all kinds of drainage problems, which indeed are causing the virus. Oh, no, no, no. Much better than that is simply to go around, terrorise the inhabitants, lock them up for 12 hours, and then say, oh, we've tested them. Hmm, Yeah, that was a bit of a success. And, of course, the kicker in all of this is, as everybody involved in the actual science of the virus tells you, is that this is a virus that takes quite a long time to develop within the body. So if you do one test on, we'll give a random example, Thursday the 4th of February, that tells you nothing about what will happen on, to give another random example, Thursday the 11th of February, because the virus may have remained latent during that week. So it tells you nothing except for that on that particular day, the person you've tested is not a carrier of the virus. 
you need repeated testing if indeed this is the solution. Sorry, this is the solution. Meanwhile, and here we come to the much bigger grave error by the administration. Meanwhile, what's happened to the vaccination program? Around the world, practically every country, and that includes some quite poor countries, yeah. have started a vaccination program. Hong Kong, which is not the poorest jurisdiction <clears throat> in the world, has managed to conduct, oh, that's right, zero, just in case anybody doesn't know what zero is, that means no tests whatsoever. Why have no tests been conducted? Well, that's right, because we don't have any virus. Uh, um, we don't have any vaccine here. Um, it's quite difficult to vaccinate without a vaccine. You ask a medical expert, that expert, they'll confirm that's the problem. Why don't we have any vaccine here? That's a good question. Because politics, yet again, has been put in first place, and the Sino and all her muppets have said, oh, must have, must have, must have, must have, you know, vaccines made in the mainland. The fact that the vaccine which they keep focusing on, the Sinovac vaccine, has failed to complete, still, still in February, has failed to complete the rigorous testing regime which is required mm. for putting this vaccine into circulation, mm -hmm. is apparently of no consequence as long as you could, she, the Sino, can tell the bosses, don't worry bosses, I'm only going to China going to the mainland for vaccines. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to have any of that ghastly foreign stuff foreign put into the arms of Hong Kong people. Let me say hi to uh, our viewers. Hello to Jeremy. I'm not going to read out yours because it's, it's your... Jeremy's sort of humour, but thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, <laughs> Bright says, media report China is eyeing empty retail premises. Any ideas on that one? I love all the goss. Go on. Sorry, can you just say that again? I missed the end of that. He said, media reports that China is eyeing empty retail premises. Any ideas on that one, says Bright on Facebook. <laughs> well, actually, I've, I've, I've been more... He's um, eyeing new retail premises in, as well. <laughs> ...intent on following how, yet again... Uh, mainland companies have been buying up Hong Kong media rather than, than, than um, retail premises. I mean, we now understand, uh, because there's been a statement to the stock exchange to that effect, that, that a mainland company um, or, or the daughter of the chairman of a mainland company has bought up the um, Singtao Group, which includes in the English language sector the standard newspaper. I mean, yes, of course, mainland entities are buying up crucial parts of the Hong Kong um, media and other crucial parts of the system, banking, insurance, well, these, construction. Whether we agree with them or not, are logical things to do, aren't they? Yeah, I was going to say, I think shops figure quite low in the, uh, in, in the um, big, big line-up of, <laughs> of, of possibilities. All right, then. But, yeah, I'm not sure about that rumour. <laughs> All right, then tell us a bit more, Bright, because I'm not quite sure what you're on about, but just put it down there, and allegedly and stuff like that. All right, Steve. Yeah, well, I'm just just to, to, to complete this whole business about um, uh, where we are with the virus. So where are we? We've got no vaccination in Hong Kong. We're spending enormous sums of money and deploying literally thousands of people to raid um, low-rent districts. And meanwhile, the Secretary for Transport says, I'm absolutely gagging to get the border open. It doesn't need to be zero infection. We can still get the border open 
And that's really what I'm working on. Well, that's strange because all of the social distancing rules, which are causing enormous disruption to the Hong Kong economy, are apparently being kept in place until there is zero infection. So hang about. You can bring people across the border, but you can't open up restaurants, bars, or indeed a whole range of recreational facilities. You have to ask yourself, is there a plan? Well, the answer obviously is no. Is there any intention of doing anything other than focusing on what will please the bosses up north rather than what will please the people of Hong Kong? I, I know that's a stupid suggestion that the government should look after the interests of the people of Hong Kong. But, you know, eccentric as it may be, I still think that suggestion needs to be made. Let's go back to our bulletin board. Bulletin board. So, uh, Bright comes back. He says, I'm meaning they're keeping bars and restaurants restricted. I see where you're going with this. So they go out of business. Da, da, da. Anyway, uh, no idea. Um, Rick says, Pakistan rolling out vaccines? Question mark. I have no idea. Um, Colin says, any thoughts on Junius Ho's recent comments? Which ones particularly, Colin? Just put a bit more note there, if you would. And Nigel says, Dr. Thomas Jung said... Oh. On you are... I think I know what he's talking about. All right, about. we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. Dr. Thomas Jung said on Straight Talk this week that over 60s will start getting Pfizer from the end of February. But, Nigel, yeah, Pfizer. Right, Steve? If, if that's true, great. I mean, you know, I'm a believer. It doesn't need to be a matter of rocket science to believe in the efficacy of vaccines. Yeah, I would like everybody to get the vaccine. You know, different um, brands come from different countries. That really, let's be yeah, honest, is the issue. I mean, the, the question is, as I keep stressing, the problem isn't do these vaccines work or don't they, because we now have scientific evidence that they do work, except for the ones that the government has ordered. There isn't scientific evidence that they work. The Pfizer vaccine has gone through rigorous testing mm -hmm. and it has shown its efficacy. And we don't have supplies of it. Mm. Yeah. Go figure. All right, Stephen, good morning. Thanks for writing on in. Stephen says, I mean, they were talking about restaurants and stuff on Backchat this morning, so it's quite pertinent. He says, what difference would it make to let restaurants open until 8pm? I'm absolutely not got a clue. <laughs> Search me. I mean, we're still back to this bonkers idea that the vaccine goes on a, a virulent rampage it, after 6pm. It's a shift evening. worker, this vaccine. It's a shift worker. It only does the evening shift. It only does the it evening shift. Yeah. It's, it's not deployed during the day because it's not getting overtime. I mean, you know, this is just bonkers 101. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It gets people angry. It gets people frustrated. Well, because people don't understand and it. That's the simple human thing. They don't understand it because it doesn't make sense. I think that's why they don't. I mean, people, in my view, aren't stupid. They understand the need to wear face masks. Oh, totally. They but this, understand, this rule you know, the need to use hand cleansers. They understand all of that, but they do not understand the illogical. And th this is where the system starts to break down. The only reason that Hong Kong has managed to achieve, thank goodness, a very low level of deaths from coronavirus is because of the self-discipline of the people. people are smart. If you start treating people like idiots and you diminish confidence in the measures that need to be taken to diminish the spread of the virus, you are then making a terrible, terrible situation in which people will lower their guard 
and will say, I don't believe anything the government tells me. I'm just going to go on and do whatever I wanted to do, regardless of risk. And there obviously are very big risks yes. in irresponsible behaviour. Yeah. Well, um, people talk about this sort of um, precaution fatigue and everything. And I think, you know, on one level, people do get really brassed off. It's that, again, is a human nature thing, but they try their hardest. But when they don't understand something, they get really annoyed a lot quicker. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this whole business with um, uh, the the enforced closure of restaurants at six o'clock, I mean... It only makes sense if actually you're going to close them during the day as well. But even this bonkers government isn't bonkers enough to suggest that. Steve, I'll tell you what, I can say this and you can just agree because part of your business is in the F&B business. But all the places I've been to, I've got to say 100%, the guys are trying their utmost they really are trying their hardest just to be cool, fair. Of course, people, you know, they're, they're being really nice. I'm not, just bl- I'm, <laughs> I'm not just fluffing them. I mean, it's just my experience. So that is good. That's good, Hong Kong. No, that's good. That is good. And, and it's my experience as well. I have to say, in some parts of the New Territory, <laughs> maybe the rules aren't uh, as rigorously adhered to as they may be in other places, but we'll gloss over that. But then you look at, then you look at, there's been a slight relaxation of the rules on opening up sports premises like running tracks and tennis courts. Yeah. Uh, long overdue, may I say. But why not open all of them? You know, why not open swimming pools? Why not open <coughs> gyms, etc., etc.? Mainly because everybody knows that, that this would be an admission that the social distancing rules which are in place don't make any sense. And the government, remember, is never wrong. Everything it does is successful. They've never made a mistake. They're on course. They're doing a fantastic job. So, you know, when you're God, you don't question God. You really don't. Right. I've got some answers here for you, Steve. This is cool. We're on Facebook Live, Morning Brew, etc. So Colin comes back and he says, um, Junior Toe's comments about requesting Hong Kong banks to lift the restrictions... <clears throat> imposed on Hong Kong officials. Uh, Kim, hello, she says, isn't it true that Hong Kong has reached agreements with AstraZeneca, Pfizer, BioNTech and Sinovac to purchase 7.5 mils, um, 7.5 <coughs> million, I guess, of each? We, we haven't been given delivery time, but surely it's not all Hong Kong's fault. fault. No, 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 that's just incorrect. That's just incorrect. All right. The 7.5 million refers to the contract with Sinovac, okay. which hasn't delivered the, the vaccines because they haven't been properly tested. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. This isn't, it's not Hong Kong's fault. Hong Kong ordered the wrong vaccine. Now, they've ordered smaller quantities of vaccines from other suppliers, notably uh, BioNTech, yep. which has a joint venture with the Shanghai um, Fosun Group. And we're still waiting for that to arrive. But all the eggs have been put into the Sinovac basket. The other orders have been made at the end of the queue. If you don't start at the beginning of the queue, goodness me, a small child knows this. You don't get to the front of the queue. So Hong Kong was so busy placating the bosses in Beijing by only ordering China-made products that they didn't even bother to join the queue until everybody else was in it. So no, no, it's not a matter of these other companies haven't delivered they've just said 
wait your turn in the queue because you didn't get there early enough. Well, that makes That's sense. That's the petrol situation. All right, a couple more for you. Steve, my wife likes that the pubs are closed at six because she knows I'll come home for dinner. Fair play on that one. Mary, while temples open but churches remain closed. Uh, Pat, Steve, the government did try closing restaurants all day, but there was an outcry as people were eating in the streets. So we now have yeah. this unsatisfactory compromise. Uh, one minute before exactly. the news, Steve, just uh, give us your final exactly. comments on that. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure who wrote that last piece, but that is exactly the point, is it's a compromise, but it's not a compromise that works. You uh-huh. know, there was indeed an outcry when, when restaurants were completely closed down, because that was also stark staring bonkers. Right. So they said, I'll tell you what, we'll do half bonkers rather than the full bonkers. Well, we're getting some great replies on this. I mean, this 6pm thing keeps coming back and back every other comment. So I wonder, I wonder, our correspondents, how would you fix it? Just curious, really. I mean, um, 6 o'clock apparently isn't, isn't cool. So what would you do? Uh, what do you want to do after the news, Steve, really quickly? I think we might very quickly um, move to the subject of the BNO, which has oh, somewhat been in, 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 some in public uh, do jars. Yeah. All right, then. Well, it's Thursday. Steve Vine's obviously with us. We've got another 10 or 15 after the news. Get in touch, morningbrew at rthk.hk, and I will get to those. Uh, but much easier. We're on Facebook Live, and of course, Morning Brew is the page. It's very nearly time for us to get to the news. Okay, then. All yours. Well, um, uh, just, just should we just very quickly address one of the comments before, mm-hmm. which was this business about the, the banks. Yes. And Junior Coe saying the banks should be forced to ignore the American sanctions um, requirements. And, and what, what he then went on to say is because, you know, we, we're really worried about the Sino because she has to keep all her money in cash and put it under the bed and there's vast quantities of it and the bed's starting to shake and, you know, it's all a nightmare. Well, it's a very interesting, it really is a very interesting development because the people in the pro-China camp are now starting to do what everybody said they would eventually do and basically say, we want to be part of the international financial system but we'll only be part of it under our own rules. It doesn't work like that. It really doesn't. So if I know Junius Ho is a bit of a, you know, an out, outlandish focal, um, focal chair. Yeah. But the fact is that if the banks decide that, that they want to put their relationship with the American banking system at risk mm-hmm. by defying the sanctions, Good luck to them. Apparently, they don't want to do that. Can't think why. Geese and Gander. And apparently, Hong Kong wants to remain part of the international financial system. Well, you take the rough with the smooth when you do that. Oh. And, you know, Junius Ho can jump up and down as much as he likes. It won't change that reality. But what he's saying is something much more dangerous. He's saying is that the government should force the banks oh. to disobey these... Um, uh, regulations which are being imposed, I, I, fairly or unfairly, is, isn't the point in question. The fact of the matter is, the reality is the sanctions have been imposed, and if they defy them under orders from the Hong Kong government, the Hong Kong government then gets into a position where it declares war on the international banking system. Mm-hmm. Is that a good place for Hong Kong to be, the world's great financial centre? 
I doubt it. I really doubt it. Oh, and by the way, the person who's supposed to be the main victim of all of this is the CNO herself, Carrie Lamb, who famously said, as soon as the sanctions were imposed on her, they make no difference to me whatsoever. I'm not worried by them one bit. And here we are, weeks later, and she's going, oh, my goodness me, it's terrible. Oh, those piles of money stuck in my front room blocking the telly. Well, you know, somewhere along the line, she's got to choose which of these versions of reality is the one she's sticking with. Mm. And that, incidentally, we're now doing a segue. You heard of one of those. That, incidentally, also applies to this whole controversy over the BNO passports. On the one hand, China is saying Britain has broken its undertakings under the Sino-British Agreement by agreeing to issue a part of citizenship for the holders of, of, of BNO passports or those entitled to BNO passports. But hang on a minute. Isn't this the agreement that China said was dead, was a matter of history? Well, if the view in Beijing is that the agreement is dead, it's quite hard to accuse the British of breaking it. That's one thing. The second thing is my good friend Regina Ip has been saying that the only people who will go to Britain are the uneducated and worthless members of the community. And then the Sino says, this whole scheme, it's designed for Britain to gain economic advantage from Hong Kong. What, from the uneducated and the poor? You've got to get your act together, you people. If you're going to accuse Britain of doing this, that and the other, you've got to kind of, you know, line it up and make a consistent story. The reality is, and this is a shocking reality, is if also people like the Sino arrive and those who go to Britain become second-class citizens, there's no evidence for that, but never mind. Mm. If that is right, isn't it astonishing that literally tens of thousands, quite possibly hundreds of thousands of people are so worried about the situation in Hong Kong that they are considering leaving to become, quotes, second-class citizens in Britain? What an enormous, enormous condemnation of the state of affairs in Hong Kong, that is. Mm. Let me get to another few comments here. It's basically restaurants and vaccines, so, but it's... Oh, sorry, we're back on that. No, 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 it's all right. You can funnel them out as you want. Um, Basically, I said, well, if you don't think 6pm is any good, what do you reckon? Stephen just comes up with a simple one. He said 8pm would actually make a big difference to the restaurants. So, yeah, fair play. Uh, Rachel Louise says, at what point can musicians hope to return to work? That is a travesty of a situation. And indeed, it's for everybody who's freelance, really. But um, we'll come back to that in a second. Now... Ah, Horatio. Um, Delivery time for AstraZeneca is earliest June, he says, provided there are no more delays. And if you look at the spat between the EU and the UK over the vaccination, it has to do with when each government started to negotiate with the farmer. And therefore, clearly, HK started its negotiations very late. That echoes what you said. And just back to Rachel's point, very quickly, she's quite right. I mean, there is... It's not just musicians, but but she's quite right to mention them because they have been very hardly hit, very hard hit by this enormous cessation of economic activity. Mm. But it affects a very wide range of um, 
<coughs> freelance workers in the Hong Kong economy, of whom there are literally hundreds of thousands. Yep. And it also affects the um, people who have been laid off, the people who are on no paid leave, the people who have been etc., etc., etc. The government response to all of these people is, you're on your own, Jack. Mm. We are, they've said it again, it was said in LegCo uh, yesterday, you're on your own, this isn't our responsibility. <coughs> We've got to pay for more bridges to nowhere. We've got to fork out <coughs> $1.5 billion to subsidise the bridge to nowhere because nobody's using it. <coughs> We've got to pay for Ocean Park. We've got to pay for the third runway, which nobody will use, etc., etc. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me, it's the virus panning up again. Yeah, getting excited. So we're in this, oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? Um, we're in this situation where the government <coughs> is reserving literally tens and hundreds of billions of dollars for projects that are largely worthless and doing nothing. The fire is burning now. The fire is burning among people who haven't got enough money to put food on the table. To pay attention. Doing nothing for them and, and saying, well, you know, by the time we've got the new Lanto reclamation up and running in 20 years that will be really you know that will really be something mm. it it defies belief that hong kong with the massive financial reserves that it has is so cavalier in its attitude to people who are suffering immense financial difficulty during the crisis i saw a news article yesterday online uh, and it was just going on about how the poor here have just been ghosted. Um, what's your opinion to that? On well, that? I, it, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I have to say, and I don't like to criticise because it's a very good programme, Money Talk, but Money Talk had a discussion yesterday which was, was interesting about the effect of the freezing of the minimum wage. And one of the contributors, and nobody questioned that, said, oh, it really doesn't matter in Hong Kong because it only affects 20,000-odd people. Do you know what? That's complete and utter holics. The main people affected by the minimum wage are not the full-time workers, are the, part, are the legions of part-time workers, many of whom are women who are part-time workers precisely because <coughs> they have um, duty of care to their children and they can't afford um, to be out of the house when they come home from school, etc., etc. So there's this great army of part-time female workers. 20,000 doesn't even come up to it. Mm -hmm. These are the people who have been most vulnerable to layoffs. These are the people who won't be getting uh, an increase in pay for the next two years because the minimum wage um, review only comes on, on a two-year basis. Right. So... When you go to the very, very poorest parts of Hong Kong, which, remember, includes one in five of the population who live below the poverty line, mm -hmm. you're talking not about aggravation. You're not talking about skipping, a, a, you know, a mashed avocado on toast for breakfast. <laughs> what you're talking about is substantial grinding poverty. And after the crisis clears... These people won't be in debt because, of course, nobody will lend them money because they don't have resources. They will be out of home. They will still be 
in a situation where they can't feed their families. And what's the government doing about that? Nothing. I'm going to give the last word to Pat on our Facebook page. Just a random question for you, Steve. He said, what's your money currently on for the next CE? Ah, well, now there's an interesting, there's an interesting question. Not a coder. In theory, in theory, if you read the Quisling Press, you will be, you'll be reliably informed that the current CNO has the full confidence of the authorities in Beijing. The background music suggests otherwise. The way that the liaison office has allowed its own Quisling attack dogs loose to attack the CNO suggests that as a very minimum her position is in question because remember she's only served one of two terms which she's entitled to serve Mm -hmm. and that they are desperately searching around for someone else to do the job then comes the problem caliber the people who are in the frame and want to be in the frame i mean regina rip is perpetually wanting to be in the frame but she's not the only one there's lots of them who want to be the boss are just of such low caliber. Why is it that something like half of the people in the liaison office have had to be replaced recently? Because the liaison office is taking a much more hands-on role in ruling Hong Kong, despite the basic law saying they're not supposed to do that, but does anybody remember the basic law anymore? They're taking a much more hands-on role and they're bringing in people to do that job because they've lost all confidence in the ability of the Muppets who, who run around in, in, in Tamar to be able to do it. So I don't know. I don't have a bet yeah. for who's the next person. Mm. I even think it's possible that through lack of choice, they'll keep on the current deputy mayor. But who knows? I mean, all I know is it will be a Muppet. No crystal ball. He may look like Mystic Meg, but he isn't. Andy, thank you to you. He said it's not only the poor that have been ghosted, but all freelance self-employed taxpayers as well. Yeah, I can't underestimate this enough. You could see me waving my hands around if you if you could. But, yeah, absolutely, Andy, 100% correct. I'm going to leave yeah. it there, Steve. Thank you so much. Brilliant. We'll talk again at the same time next week.